Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I mean, obviously, first and foremost, this book is for Chloe, and so yes. I want her... I want her to be inspired by it. I want her to uh, love her natural hair. Um, I also want it to be for all, you know, little black girls and black women also. Um, I think we all need, you know, again, since, since sometimes it feels like we're on our own, I feel like as black women, we also need to support each other. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Beautifully Complicated Podcast. I'm your host, Sheena Hunt, and I'm so, so happy that you chose to listen in on this episode today. We're launching a new interview series in the Beautifully Complicated Podcast world called Positioned in Purpose. It will feature interviews with amazing people doing amazing things. We're kicking it off with the great woman who is a social activist, photographer, videographer, and big sister, St. Clair Dietrich Jules. She's here to talk about her project that she put together as a love letter to her little sister to get her to see the beauty in her natural hair. Check out this interview with St. Clair as she tells us about Dear Chloe, love letters to my little sister. Okay. Hello, hello, hello. I have today on my podcast, Miss St. Clair Dietrich Jules. St. Clair, welcome to Beautifully Complicated Podcast. So St. Clair, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself? Sure. Yeah. So um, yeah, my name is St. Clair Dietrich Jules. I was born and raised here in Washington, D.C. Um, I went to Brown for college and majored in French and Francophone studies. Oh, wow. And I'm a filmmaker, photographer, activist, um, focusing on social justice. That is awesome. That's a wonderful platform. How long have you been involved with social justice? So it started uh, my freshman year of college when um, the former police chief of New York City, uh, Ray Kelly, actually came to campus. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you probably know he was um, one of the architects of Stop and Frisk mm-hmm. and really helped expand the program in New York, which was obviously devastating for black and brown communities. And so um, there was a group of brown students who protested against his visit and his speech. Um, and that's when I really 
learned about the power of organizing and, you know, also just learned about how, how, um, you know, just all the injustices that there are and, um, wanting to do something about it. Absolutely. As someone who is a St. Louis resident, I totally understand. Um, we obviously had (laughs) our big issue here, um, during the Ferguson uprising with our police department in Ferguson and really the St. Louis city and St. Louis County police department, um, who actually have adopted (laughs) in a way, a lot of that stop and frisk mentality that was, Mm. um, big in New York. And so, Um. yeah, so we, we have, our issues here in St. Louis, I absolutely understand what it's like to get involved and kind of pulled into the movement because of just big things that happen around you. So yeah. you are not just about social justice in regards to the Black Lives Matter movement and Stop and Frisk. You are big in natural hair. So can you tell me about your natural hair journey? Yes. So personally, um, it's interesting. So I'm uh, I'm black, but I'm biracial. So my mom mm-hmm. is white, and my dad is uh, Afro Caribbean. Mm-hmm. And uh, growing up, I well, when I was like five, I went to a majority black kindergarten, and so at that school, I obviously um, didn't feel different at all. And you know, you know, when you're five, a lot of black girls. Uh, still have their natural hair and um, you know they would come in with like braids or you know Mm -hmm. cornrows things like that and so I I would ask my mom to do my hair in similar ways like braids cornrows things like that right Mm -hmm. Um, but then the following year when I was in first grade I went to majority white elementary school and I was there for six years and I really really started noticing my difference over those six years because everyone around me looked different than I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when I, you know, I no longer wanted Afrocentric hairstyles. I really started wishing that my hair was just straight, that it looked like all of the white girls who were around me. Um, and high school, you know, my high school is majority black and Latinx, but most of the, you know, by high school, most of the black girls in my grade were straightening their hair um and so I still didn't see really representation of natural hair and it was definitely still sort of this thing of you know just this uh, known I guess beauty ideal that yeah of course straight hair is more beautiful that's why all the black girls are straightening their hair and then it wasn't until I got to college that I started loving and embracing really my blackness as a whole mm-hmm. and everything that comes with it, including my hair. So it, it definitely took a while. And I think that there are still days where I'll fall into the trap of thinking that I would be more beautiful if my hair was straight. Um, but then I think about, you know, I'm reminded of all of the beautiful black women I know with natural hair. And then I, I remind myself, no, that's a crazy thought. Mm-hmm. My hair is beautiful too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I totally, totally get that whole entire story as someone who 
Definitely grew up. Um, I think I got my first relaxer when I was probably about seven years old was when I first got a relaxer. And at that time, I had switched schools. So I was at a majority black school. And then I switched to a school that was not majority black any longer. And I had mostly uh, white friends. And so I kind of also started to believe that straighter hair was better and ended up getting my hair relaxed so that I can have straighter hair. And not to mention my mom was um, not really good at taking care of natural hair, <laughs> to be very honest. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was kind of like, I could get better hairstyles and I can have straight hair like my friends. And I, I had straight hair, relaxed hair for a guide. I think I went natural at 24. So I, I had straight hair for, gosh, like 16 years, 17 years. That was relaxed. Wow. Yes. And my hair was paper thin by the time I decided to go natural. <laughs> from being just overly processed for all those years, just stripped away the curl pattern. But it, it plays into that that mindset and that mentality that, you know, straight hair is beautiful. And when you see it around you and you see it being uplifted as the standard of beauty that you want to just be a part of that, it's it's so easy for us to buy into it, especially when we're younger. Yeah. Yeah. So I absolutely, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's crazy. I mean, at, at seven years old, you know, I mean, because getting a relaxer is really a huge, I feel like it's a huge life decision because it alters, you know, that hair mm -hmm. forever, you know. But, yeah, so many little girls, you know, when they first get perms don't understand, like, the, the, the depth of it, you know, and it's so normalized. Yes, yes. No one, I, and back then, a lot of our parents really didn't understand it either. I don't think you could have told my mom that our relaxers were bad for our hair. I think she under, she's like, well, they, these don't have lye in it like they used to have back in the old days. Like, I don't think that matters. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it has other chemicals in it. <laughs> but I swear to you, she probably would not have understood that if you had told her that 25 years ago. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so I think that also played a part that a lot of some of our parents were not really as educated about what they were putting on their hair or our hair. It was just, hey, this is a quick method to straighten your hair. And that was kind of what <laughs> I feel like that took over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you became you kind of, you know, started to wear your curls again and allowed your curls to just be out in the open for people to see and fell in love with it. Did you find yourself becoming a, a beauty junkie in that buying different products? And because that's around the time of the natural hair movement, it sounds like that you you went you started to wear your curls again. Were you one of the people who was buying a lot of the different products that were on the market? Or are you just using what you've always used to just, you know, let your curls glow? Yeah, I um, so it's kind of, I guess, in a way, ironic that I'm doing this whole thing because I'm actually not, um, <laughs> I don't know, I I wouldn't say, like, I don't take care of my hair, but I really, all I do is, like, condition it, mm -hmm. like, wash it and condition it in the morning and then, and then just let it dry. I don't really, like, I know I've gotten a lot of, like, product recommendations, yeah. but, um, 
I don't know, it just seems expensive, and yes. I, I feel like I like my, <laughs> I like my hair, like, as it dries naturally, but, um, <laughs> yes. but I definitely know people who are very into, like, all these different kinds of products, and, yeah. Yes, I was one of those people, so... <laughs> <laughs> I think I owned like every natural hair care product that was on the market at one point. <laughs> Just trying it all to figure out like what did my hair actually like? What what quenches my hair? What does not? <laughs> yes, so but it is expensive. You are absolutely correct. <laughs> and it's interesting, like you said, like you know, having to try all these different products and it's um I I don't know, I feel like it's kind of that in a way because when you think about well I'm not like an expert but when I think about like what I've learned for, about our ancestors in Africa you know they already had all of these natural hair care products mm-hmm. from all this time of of learning right mm-hmm. um, of figuring out their hair and stuff like that and so you know we were taken 400 years ago mm-hmm. and now we're sort of um now we're sort of having to relearn yes. and figure out all over again, like what works for our hair yes. when really, you know, 400 years ago, they had, they already had everything. And so now it's sort of like a re rediscovering on that starting from scratch a bit. Absolutely. It's that attempt to try to reconnect with what we lost. Cause we, that's just mm-hmm. a piece of the culture that was stolen from us through, through slavery, unfortunately. Yeah, absolutely. So now that you have your campaign going, why don't you tell me about Dear Chloe? Because I am excited about this project and it's coming out in right on the heels of a lot of big things that's been happening around natural hair. You know, the Crown Act in California, the issue in Texas with the teenagers not allowed to attend like graduation and prom to the hair love receiving an Oscar. You are bringing this out at the perfect time. (laughs) 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 There is a lot of conversation around natural hair and natural hair being accepted in America and just really across the world, really. But tell me about Dear Chloe. Yeah, so um, it was a couple of years ago. It was twenty, like towards the end of twenty seventeen. I was finishing up my last semester of college, and I got a phone call from my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, so, a little bit of background: my dad and my stepmom and my three little siblings live in uh, the south of France, mm-hmm. and obviously, I live here in the states. Um, but when I was finishing up my last semester of college, my dad called me and uh, told me that my sister, who was only like four at the time, was feeling really self-conscious about her hair um, mm-hmm. and that she wanted straight hair and that the, you know, she was still majority white elementary school and so that some of the uh, little white kids at her school were making fun of her hair. Right. Um, and, you know, my dad told me that my sister had been crying about it and I was really, really upset um obviously for like multiple reasons one because I hated my hair for so long and I definitely you know the thought of my sister going through that uh is heartbreaking and then also um yeah just I mean she's my little sister because I'm 18 years older than her you know I'm definitely 
very protective of her, you know, like our sibling relationship is definitely like me, I would say taking care of her. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I don't want her to feel any, any kind of pain, you know? Um, and so I decided to make a project featuring black women with natural hair to show my sister Chloe that representation that she is missing in the South of France, right? She lives mm-hmm. in, in a majority white city and goes to majority white school. And so my thought process was if I can collect all these stories and photographs and narratives of these black women with natural hair and show them to Chloe, then she'll realize that she's not alone and that there's a whole huge community of us and that we're all here to support her and reaffirm, you know, that her hair is beautiful when she's not getting that affirmation from, for example, her classmates. That is, that's, that is like a, just the, a perfect inspiration for a project. Um, your sister absolutely will know now that there are a lot of us in the natural hair community that stand with her and embrace our curls and the beauty that comes with them. So <clears throat> Dear Chloe is a photography book, correct? Mm-hmm. So can you tell me about that process of just pulling together the material and the people and what was your method to get people to talk to you so openly about what their natural hair means to them so that you can deliver that message to Chloe? Yeah. Um, so I started by reaching out to people who I knew. Mm-hmm. So I guess, you know, people who were least likely to reject me. So I started with my friends from high school and my friends from college. Uh, I, yeah, I got the phone call from my dad when I was finishing up college. So I started the project pretty soon after I graduated. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I reached out to some of my high school friends. That was nice because a lot of them had, uh, you know, worn relaxers all through high school. And so it was nice reconnecting with them after college, you know, and all sort of sharing this newfound love for our curls. Mm-hmm. And I reached out to, yeah, some friends from college. And then my mom actually teaches at the University of D.C., which is, which is an HBCU. Mm-hmm. And so she has a lot of uh, black students with natural hair. And so she recruited a lot of those women for my book also. And then I um, started reaching out to people through Instagram. So I would go through sort of like natural hair hashtags and look for people who were in D.C. or New York. And, um, yeah, I reached out to them and said, hey, I'm doing this project for my sister. Uh, would you be willing to be a part of it? And it, you mean, so many people were so receptive and so uh, enthusiastic about, oh, I bet. you know, yeah, helping this little girl who <clears throat> they never even met before. And I thought that that was really beautiful and just such a perfect representation of, you know, black women and how willing, mm-hmm. just, how, just how kind and thoughtful black women are and always ready to support each other, you know, especially when we don't get that support from outside of our own community. Yes. And, yeah, so I uh, went around photographing and interviewing these women. And um, for the interview process, I really wanted people to feel comfortable talking about whatever aspect they wanted to of their hair because it's so complex and it relates to so many things. You know, it relates to our family members. It relates to our heritage. Mm. So people spoke just directly to Chloe, giving her advice or affirming her. 
so just really all these different topics, and I sort of gave people free range to talk about whatever they wanted, and then would ask you know follow up questions accordingly. But yeah, so that was that was my process for creating the book. Oh wow, that sounds awesome. And to have so many people, like you said, Black women are just the most amazing group of people on this planet. We are very quick to support each other and really to rally around any of our little sisters to make sure that they know that they have love surrounding them, even love from people that they don't even see and know exist, because we are all we have. You're absolutely correct. (laughs) That is us against the world. Way too often, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So we have to stand together and stick together. So I'm glad that so many women were so ready and available to just open up to you about their natural hair care journey. Because really natural, like the journey for natural hair sometimes can be a very, very personal one for so many people. I mean, mm-hmm. it can, it's born of different reasons as to why they decided to go natural and what really was the reason why they were not natural maybe their entire lives and why they may not have loved their hair prior to, especially when you're talking beauty standards, when you're talking just um, the different issues we have within our community with each other. Unfortunately, some people not seeing the beauty in different types of curl types and tearing each other down because of that. Like there are just so many different things, unfortunately, that we have um, instilled within our minds about what natural hair is for black people and to have so many women say, you know what, this is my story and I'm ready to tell it to you and to to help your sister, to help Chloe realize the beauty in her own curls is just such an amazing, amazing thing. I'm excited about this project. I'm excited like it's my project. collective you know like it's, it's really about all black women in the diaspora so yeah yes, yes. That's so awesome. So were there any stories from any of the women that you interviewed that just really stood out to you and resonated with you in a powerful way? Like, man, this speaks to my soul type of thing. Yeah, I mean, there was, um, so I guess on, on the topic of why different women go natural, there was, there were a few people who talked about really the anxiety they felt. There was one person who talked about uh, going natural in, uh, let's see, I think think it was elementary school Mm. um, or maybe middle school and just feeling so anxious about coming in with natural hair and just how how crazy it is that we we would feel anxious about wearing the hair that grows out of our head, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So there was that. There was um, was a story of... um, Let's see. There's a there's a 12 year old girl in my book, and she talks about, um, you know, going to the beauty salon and just being in so much pain. Mm. Um, and that, I mean, that resonated. I never got a relaxer, but um, that resonated just with me. And and this idea of pain, you know, not just physical pain, but also psychological pain. So mm-hmm. another woman in, in my book talked about. The, the depth, you know, how she didn't realize the depth of what she was doing when she first started getting relaxers. Um, and she's uh, an Afro-Latina. She's Afro-Puerto Rican. And so she now realizes that her relaxers were just one of the ways she was 
uh, trying to get rid of any traces of blackness that were mm-hmm. within her, you know, just because blackness is so, um, there's such a negative connotation in, in all cultures, really, what she yes. was talking about in, in Caribbean culture specifically, mm-hmm. or in, or in Puerto, you know, her Puerto Rican Hispanic culture. And <clears throat> yes, I mean, there's just so many stories that, you know, stories of mothers being supportive. And then on the other end, stories of mothers being, really upset uh when their daughters went natural there's this one woman who whose mother literally forced relaxing cream on her scalp um because she said you're not gonna like your natural hair you're not gonna like it so i'm gonna you know yeah so using physical force and i think that that's that's just to make the natural hair journey so much harder because Mm -hmm. it's like even from your own mother you're not getting that kind of validation and your mother is the one person who's supposed to always say you're beautiful no matter what yeah yeah and I think that goes back to just how internalized straight hair as the norm and the standard has been in our own culture, how we have internalized that so much within ourselves that even if someone decides to step outside of it, that's attacked because it's seen as you stepping outside of something that is a beauty standard that you're supposed to uphold. It's it's really deep and on so many yeah. levels, you know. And I can, mm-hmm. I can totally understand that. Um, I think about within my family, when I went natural, I think my sister probably pushed back more than anybody for me. And mm-hmm. I tried to talk her into allowing her daughters to go natural. And I think it lasted, she let them go natural for like maybe a year. And then she ended up relaxing again, my youngest niece's hair, because she's like, I just can't handle it. But she didn't really see the beauty of it. And she didn't want to take that time to learn how to take care of her hair. So it was, it sucked because it's like, you're my sister. You're supposed to like, see that like our hair is beautiful, no matter what anybody else believes. (laughs) And you, you don't even want to see it that way. So I think that's I can understand just how powerful that is within some of the folks within our community. And I I am excited that we do have an opportunity, though, to begin to kind of chip away at that and and break down that mentality. So people can really start to understand just how beautiful their their hair is as it naturally grows from their scalp. Mm -hmm. So what do you want people to get out of this project? I want, that's a good question. Um, I mean, obviously, first and foremost, this book is for Chloe, and so I want her, I want her to be inspired by it. I want her to uh, love her natural hair. Um, I also want it to be for all, you know, little black girls and black women also, um, because I think we all need, you know, again, since since sometimes it feels like we're on our own, I feel like as black women, we also need to support each other, um, even as adults. And um, so I want black women and girls to find affirmation. I want them to see themselves reflected, maybe see their stories reflected. Because like you said, some of these stories are very personal. And I think that sometimes there's a stigma about talking about natural hair um, Mm -hmm. or talking about, some of those more vulnerable stories. And so I want this to open up a space for black women to feel comfortable talking about their natural hair journeys, maybe for them to open up a bit more and uh, to know, I guess just to know that it's okay. You know, there's, I feel like the, the world 
obviously put so much on us. And so we're, you know, as black women, we're supposed to be tough. We're supposed mm-hmm. to be, you know, quote unquote angry, but it's okay. It's okay if we want to be vulnerable, yes. you know, and, um, and then for, for everybody, you know, we're, you know, I want just everybody to see the self-love and the communal love that's reflected in the book and to be inspired mm-hmm. by it. And I want everybody to, you know, I think, I really think that when you're around people who love themselves, you start to love yourself more regardless of race, ethnicity, gender. Um, and so, right, because you, you sort of, you, you get an idea of what self-love can look like. Absolutely. And yeah, so I, yeah, I want everybody to see this book and realize that it's, it's okay to love yourself, you know, mm-hmm. and, and to, and to love each other as well. And so that's, those are sort of some of my goals with the book. Has Chloe has had an opportunity to get a sneak peek at anything related to the book yet or any of the video that you have shot? Yeah, she's seen the the trailers actually. Mm-hmm. So the one that I sent, the one that I had sent you, she yep. saw that one and she saw one more trailer, uh, which I made, which is people speaking directly to her. And she was really excited about it. And, you know, her eyes got wide and she was like, oh, wait, these these people know me and so I think that was exciting for her and (laughs) uh, my stepmom says that she has been that that my sister has been wearing her hair out more out Mm -hmm. in an afro more she's less self-conscious whereas before she would always want to you know wear her hair in a bun just like when I was little right like in a bun or ponytail something that no one you know that sort of hides it but that now she's more comfortable. She's getting more comfortable wearing her hair in an afro. And so I'm really excited about that. That is so awesome. Oh, my God. That that warmed my heart. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, oh, thank you. Yes. I think that, God, I, would, I know that that has to be the greatest gift back to you in the work that you put into this project, just to know that, it really has truly inspired her to be comfortable and confident in her own hair and in her afro and be able to wear mm-hmm. it out and to know that there are so many people rallying around her. That just has to be like that gift that gives back to you. Yeah, it is. It's, yeah, it's amazing. And I'm so grateful for, again, all the women who, you know, took time out of their schedule to be in my book. Do you feel that you've stumbled into your purpose on this project? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, into my purpose. I think, I don't know if this answers the question, but I think one thing that I really like about this project and the process of doing it mm-hmm. is that for the first time, I've really been able to do something on social justice Mm -hmm. um, that I feel like is critical and is uplifting our communities because yeah, obviously black hair, like, you know, people are getting fired for natural hair. People Mm -hmm. are getting, you know, kids are getting kicked out of school. There are still some military restrictions against Afrocentric hairstyles. Right. So I Mm -hmm. think it definitely is a question for sure of social justice. And so I've been able to do that. Wow. 
being joyful throughout the whole project. Obviously, there are moments when people are sharing stories that are really hard to hear and I'm sure hard for them to share. But overall, there's just such a sense of gratitude throughout throughout this whole thing because I'm I'm grateful for all of these women who are natural. I'm grateful for all of the women who, you know, the elders also who are natural, I'm grateful for the ancestors who gave us this hair and who mm-hmm. fought so hard for us to be here today. And you know, it really is about uplifting, uplifting us and, uh, so that we can really, I guess, reach our full potential, you know, because mm-hmm. I think once you love yourself, that's when, that's when really anything is possible. It's when you love yourself and you believe in yourself and you don't have any weight dragging you down, like some sort of self-doubt or um, even you know, hatred for your, for your hair or any part of your body. And so I think, okay, now that I'm talking, I, this probably doesn't answer your question. <laughs> I think it does. I think what you did describe oh, is something that, what it is as if you've kind of stumbled into what your purpose is because it is, mm-hmm. you are very passionate about this topic and about this subject and the feeling that what you were doing didn't feel like work. It felt like it was something that was just right that had to be done, that this was your corner of social justice that you were able to act out upon in a very big and significant way. I mean, to me, it sounds like you may have actually stumbled into your purpose. Like maybe like, <laughs> maybe you're starting a Dear Chloe movement. I don't know. <laughs> Which would be, would be cool. great. Actually... <laughs> that would, I mean, because there's so many stories. It really is like a never ending project. And when I was... I mean, it was hard for me to stop photographing women because I'm like, oh, but there's so many more I, I want to include. But yeah. You need a Facebook page. <laughs> Where do I join the Facebook group for, <laughs> for Dear Chloe? Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> yes. With just a montage of great women sharing their beautiful hair and their stories. I mean, you have, a, there is something bigger here, I do believe. I mean, your project's already very big, but, <laughs> but I really think that oh, you have kind of like tapped into something that I have not seen yet when it came to natural hair. And I've been around for the natural hair movement for the past, what, 15, 20 years? I think it's been going now. Mm-hmm. About 15 years. So yeah, I think that you've you've got something pretty great here. Thank you so much. That, that means a lot. Yeah. When when can we expect Dear Chloe to launch and where can we find it? So Dear Chloe will be released on May 5th, 2020. <laughs> <laughs> and it'll be available for pre-order starting, um, I'm not sure when you're going to release the episode. Um, Next But Sunday. starting this week, it'll Okay, perfect. Um, so by then, hopefully, it'll be available for pre-order at www.dearchloe.com. So D-E-A-R-K-H-L-O-E. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it'll be available through my through my website. And then I've also been talking to a couple uh, bookstores, especially a few Black women-owned bookstores oh, wow. in Philly and Chicago and D.C. And so... Um, I'm planning on doing events in those cities and also in a couple other cities as well. And yeah, so in bookstores on my website and then we'll probably put it on Amazon once it's released also. 
That is awesome. I can't wait. I cannot wait. I've got to put my order in <laughs> so that I can get my copy. <laughs> and I may have to like drive up to Chicago so I can get it autographed. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> to right up the road. It's not very far. <laughs> so how can how can we connect with you so we can keep up with the details on this project? Do you have, I think I saw like a newsletter or something on your website. Like what are the ways that people can connect with you to just keep up with the project? Yeah, so people can uh, go to my website, again, www.dearchloe.com, Chloe with a K, and uh, uh, subscribe to my newsletter there to find out more information, and I also have an Instagram page, which is dear underscore Chloe, so D-E-A-R underscore K-H-L-O-E, Um, and I also post photos of black women with natural hair there. And so if you're in, you know, any black women who want to be featured with natural hair, you know, send me your picture and I'll post it. Uh, and then I also have a Twitter for Dear Chloe, which is just Dear Chloe, all one word. And then a Facebook page, not a group yet, but I want to create a group now. But <laughs> I think you should. <laughs> Um, the Facebook, the, so the Facebook page is, uh, you can just go to facebook.com backslash dear Chloe and find it there. Awesome. Can't wait to connect with you on all of your platforms. So do you have any parting words that you want to give to the beautifully complicated audience? Yeah, I guess just, again, the message of dear Chloe, right? The importance of self-love and I, you know, I really just want everybody to recognize their own power and um, love and appreciate themselves. And that's, I mean, I think the world would be a better place if we all, if we all did that. Because I think when we feel, when we're feeling good ourselves, that's when, you know, we feel the most powerful. So yeah, I guess that's what I would say. Thank you so much. Those are great words to say. I, I agree with you. If we just had more of people who really truly love themselves more deeply, we wouldn't have as many issues as we have today. I think you, when you love yourself, it's easier to operate out of a space of love. So I absolutely agree. Definitely. Thank you so yeah. much for being on the show. I am so excited about your project. I am excited about what this means for Chloe. <laughs> I'm sure she's also <laughs> excited. Um, this is just a really beautiful project that you have here. And I really do hope that you create something even larger from it and it becomes a movement because I feel like it needs to be. <laughs> Not to give you more work. Thank you. <laughs> but it's, it's so great. It's good homework. <laughs> <laughs> but I am so thank I am so thankful for you. Thank you, thank you for reaching out, and thank you for just um, taking the time today to talk to me and tell me about your amazing project. It's going to be amazing, and I really, really hope that it takes off in a very significant way. Thank you so much, and thank you for having me. Absolutely. What a great interview. Thanks again to St. Clair Dietrich Jules for joining us on the pod and sharing her amazing project that she's launching. Dear Chloe, love letters to my little sister. The pre-sale starts in March and the book officially launches on May 5th. To learn more, go to www.dearchloe.com. That's D-E-A-R-K-H-L-O-E.com. 
sign up for her newsletter and order a copy for you, your sister, your daughter, your niece, whoever. Let's let all of our curly haired kids and sisters and friends know that their hair is beautiful, powerful, and a testament to their survival. You can follow the project on social media. I'll link it all in the show notes. So please follow her on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Let's show our support to a woman who is doing a passion project that just may have positioned her in her purpose. If you haven't already, make sure you like the Beautifully Complicated podcast page on Facebook. Link is in the show notes. Follow me, Sheena, your host on Instagram and Twitter at SheenaD1. Or you can check out my website, www.SheenaHunt.com. Like the show? Rate, subscribe, and share with family and friends. Make sure you continue the conversation from the show on our Facebook page or with those around you. I look forward to hearing from you. Stay connected, stay fabulous, and always remember, the best life is beautifully complicated. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.